Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I'm Lay. And uh, welcome back to the Walday Nap Podcast. Welcome, friends. So, friends, this is a very special episode for us. We thought it was important to do. And um, we're going a little bit off of format. But we recognize that this is such an important topic and one that uh, we would be remiss if we didn't, um, you know, center. So we recognize that October is... Um, Women's Infertility and Infant Loss Month. And, you know, throughout the couple of years that Shen and I have been doing this podcast, we've had an opportunity to speak to quite a few women, formally and informally, about their Mm -hmm. challenges associated with child rearing um, and some of the unfortunate losses that, um, you know, some of our our, our listeners and, and, and supporters have experienced. So we knew that we wanted to center those voices um, and share uh, experiences. So this is what this episode is all about. So friends, we have four stories today from three absolutely incredible women um, who were brave and you know um, awesome enough to share their stories in such a candid way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fourth story actually comes from myself. Um, it took me a while, and by a while I say, you know, a few months because it hasn't been very long to work up the courage to share this story publicly because, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a really difficult thing to do. Um, but I'm so happy that I have this platform um, because I knew that in sharing, um, you know, that might, that, that might make, help someone else know that they're not alone. Um, and I knew that it would be important to just incorporate my own narrative in the story. If I was going to ask other women um, to, to be willing to share, then I also had to work up the courage to share as well. So I hope um, whether you've experienced um, loss or not, that you can find value in the stories that are shared. And this is what this podcast is about, amplifying voices so that we are able to have this community feel safe to share their stories and have their voices be heard. So in light of that, we also want to nominate um, all the mothers out there and mothers-to-be that are fighting to grow their families and fighting to see their child and have those moments with them. And I know it's such a hard journey and it feels very lonely at times, but we hope with this episode, people will feel um, connected and feel heard and and not feel alone. So please guys, take a listen. 
When you experience a miscarriage, you realize you're part of a club that you don't want to be a part of, but then you realize you need the members in this club more than ever. I think miscarriage is something that isn't being talked about enough, um, and the conversation needs to be normalized. When I was pregnant the first time, miscarriage wasn't even a thought. Like, it's not talked about, so why would it happen to me? And I was so happy. I was scared at first, but happy. I had an amazing pregnancy, beautiful, healthy son. Everything was great. So when we actually planned our second pregnancy, it didn't make sense that anything would go wrong. Our first pregnancy was a walk in the park. We're actually planning for this one. We're in a better state all around. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was ecstatic. I really felt like, you know, our family would be complete. And shortly after, I felt like something was wrong. But, you know, when you're pregnant, you're always told, be positive, everything's going to be okay, the baby can feel everything. And, um... One night, a couple weeks after finding out that I was pregnant, I went to the bathroom and I wiped in there, it's blood. And I lost it. I started, I walked to the bedroom, it's in the middle of the night, I woke up my husband and I'm like, I just lost the baby. And he's like, what? And I just started crying. I'm like, why is this happening? What did I do wrong? I did everything right. I was losing my shit. And I called my mom, freaking out, hyperventilating. Thankfully, my son was in his room fast asleep. And I called telehealth. And um, they told me, they're like, well, based on everything you're saying, we're not sure if you miscarried. And long story short, I had to go in to an ultrasound and a blood appointment so they can confirm the miscarriage. And it was such a traumatic experience to know that now, the next morning, I have to get up just to be told that I miscarried. And I go to that appointment, the ultrasound appointment, and they tell me everything is fine. They're like, hey, the baby's there. There's no issues. Everything looks healthy. Um, There's was like, I don't know, some bit of blood um, or something that was draining out. So nothing to worry about. I'm like, wow, it's crazy because, you know, especially as a woman, you really know your body. And I really felt like something was wrong. And I was in tears because I was so happy and I was so happy I was wrong. So they reminded me. You know, these next 10 days remain super positive and all of that stuff. I'm going to come in and hear the heartbeat 10 days later. So I'm like, great. And those 10 days, I was just happy because I thought I lost my baby and I still have him or her. And then I go 10 days later, iPhone ready, you know, on FaceTime with my husband so you can hear the heartbeat. And the image that lasts with me that I could close my eyes and see clearly is them doing the ultrasound and me seeing pieces of my baby. And that messes me up every time I think about it. And I was just lost. I was confused. I was like, it's a weird space to be in because you lost a child, but you also have a toddler at home that you have to give your energy to. You also have your job that doesn't provide miscarriage leave. You also have you know your friends that and other family members that now you have to explain that you lost the baby you have that mindset of you know i've made these plans of what my life will look like and you got to adjust those things mentally so uh for me i i didn't heal properly i acted like it didn't happen um and it was extremely toxic i went through some extreme depression 
I was writing a book or I was finishing up my book at that time and I was going through a lot of amazing moments in terms of like personal success and all of that seemed like a very out-of-body experience because I didn't cope I didn't heal with what I was going through with my miscarriage everything I did that was positive just felt like a job essentially so um, I went through extreme depression and I would go to work all day and spend time and be the best version of myself with my family and friends and be up until four in the morning crying. So it wasn't until I started talking about my experience and sharing and actually feeling and being present was the moment that I was able to heal, never fully get over it, but heal. And the sad thing is now that when the time comes for me to have a baby again I've been robbed of the experience of a carefree pregnancy I'm thankful that I had it with my son but the next time I get pregnant which is still a fear that I haven't gotten over yet of if this happens again but that next time I'm gonna wipe every time hoping and praying that there's no blood I'm not going to feel safe until I have the baby because you know, you're, you, you just never know. Spring of 2017, my husband and I found out that I was expecting our second child. As many couples and women do, we decided not to announce during the first trimester just to make sure everything was going okay, that myself and baby were healthy. When we did announce that we were most likely having a boy everybody was over the moon ecstatic so excited to be welcoming a new family member as previously delivering prematurely i was being monitored by a high-risk ob to which i had weekly appointments sometimes twice a week i would have to go and see my ob they just wanted to see if there were any physical changes that they could catch early just to assist me and prolong the pregnancy to make sure everything was healthy, myself healthy, baby healthy, and they discovered around 14 weeks that my cervix was what's called an incompetent cervix, which many women experience. So with that being said, they decided to continue monitoring it to see if I would need something called a cerclage, which is also known as a stitch around 17 weeks i did have a day surgery to have the cerclage surgery done i was very nervous never had a surgery before but i went in for the day surgery everything went well and i mean i thought everything was okay everything was okay at the time fast forward to 20 weeks it was a saturday morning in july and I started getting cramps, but light cramps. So I just ignored them. And then very quickly, they got very intense and I realized that I was having contractions. So I went to the hospital, to the ER, where the high-risk clinic was. And within maybe like an hour, my water ended up breaking and I could just see by the expressions on the nurses' faces, the doctors' faces, 
that it wasn't going in the right direction like I definitely knew that something was up they weren't really expressing or sharing too much information with me and I remember them taking a blood sample and very quickly I ended up getting a very high fever of 105 I remember shaking I mean I was wrapped in like two three blankets and just so cold and shivering they had given me a few different types of medication but I didn't really have an opportunity to be emotional during that time because I just really was not feeling well at all so that was let's say the afternoon by the evening time they were like okay we're gonna have to prep you for surgery because unfortunately you're going to have to deliver and at this point I'm like what deliver I'm only 20 weeks of course me being naive I'm like okay well if I have to deliver the NICU's here and then of course they decide to tell me at 20 weeks there's not much that can be done um you will be delivering what's pretty much called a stillbirth so that was a tough pill to swallow just knowing that I was being monitored so closely had the stitch in place and yet here we are still going to lose our child it was difficult on many levels having to think about how I'm gonna explain this to my parents my kids I just kind of shut down and didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to talk about anything. Even when it was time for me to be discharged, all I could do was cry. All I could do was cry. I just remember just crying and crying and why did this have to happen to me? What did I do wrong? Just felt so guilty and was like, how am I going to explain this to my child when I get home? What am I going to say to him? At the time, he was seven, six, six turning seven, seven turning eight, something like that. So he would have been very well aware that I was no longer pregnant. So for me, that was challenging to think about what I would have to say. And then having to plan a funeral, it was just something that so many women go through that we have no idea who has lost a child who's had a miscarriage and this is why I strongly encourage people do not ask women when they're gonna try again do not ask women oh what are you guys waiting for you've been married or you've been together for this amount of time it's time to have babies you have no idea what women have been through what they've experienced in 2018 we did have another son he was born at 35 weeks and I'm just very thankful to have I had a friend from elementary school who similarly went through the same experience as me and she was just a breath of fresh air a shoulder to lean on and just somebody I confided in that 
understood everything that I went through and she also had a healthy baby girl in 2018. So we were pregnancy partners through and through. So I just want to say anybody who's experienced a loss sometimes feels like you're alone, but you're not alone and talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. My friend from elementary school, I hadn't talked to her in 20 years and now she's one of my closest friends. So don't keep things to yourself. Even if you want to write a journal, join a group on Facebook, talk to a psychologist, talk to a therapist, a social worker, somebody. Somebody will be there to give you the strength that you need, encouragement, just to hear just to hear somebody say it's not your fault. Even though you hear it over and over and over again, sometimes you need to hear it from a stranger just to have the understanding that it really wasn't your fault. And that's my story. My name is Tessia Jade and I am a fellow lost mom. Um, so just a little backstory on how I became a fellow lost mom. I experienced a few things in my other pregnancies, but this pregnancy was very different. This one was extremely, <clears throat> sorry, extremely exhausting. Um, it was very draining physically. Um, and because there were so many different things surrounding this pregnancy, um, mentally it was very exhausting as well. I get to a place of finally feeling better um, probably maybe in my fourth month. <clears throat> Sorry, in fourth month of my pregnancy, I start gaining a little bit more um, energy. I am able to, you know, get out and kind of do things. My stomach at this point is is out there. Um, it's very known, I guess, at this point now that I am pregnant. Um, I am just shy of five months. I was just shy of five months and I went for my regular OB appointment. I go in, I'm waiting in the office. I am in the room now at this point they check my weight <clears throat> they check the measurement my my belly's growing nicely they take out the doppler and they start rubbing the doppler on my belly now at this point they're going around maybe about five ten seconds we're not really catching anything and i've heard his heart i've heard the baby's heartbeat before um so they're moving around moving around not really catching anything you can hear my heartbeat um, and she goes, oh, okay, just give me one second. It could be our, um, it could be the device that we're trying to use. So she's like, I'm just going to get uh, <clears throat> my OB to come in. My OB comes in now. She grabs another machine. She comes up. She's rubbing the Doppler around on my belly. Same thing. And we're not really catching anything. She goes, okay. She's like, you know what? Nothing to be too worried about. Stuff like this happens all the time. She also explains that because um i had some fat around my stomach area this was not my first child there's like excess skin and stuff um 
And she had to explain that sometimes it can be a little bit harder to catch a heartbeat. So, okay, no problem. So she's like, okay, we're just going to send you over to such and such a place. You're going to go and get an ultrasound done. Make sure everything's okay. And said, okay, no problem. She said, all right, just give me a call when you're done. Okay. I go out. I come out of the place. And I now at this point, I'm like, okay. I have never experienced this with any of my children before. Um, so in my head, I'm just like, whoa, there's no heartbeat. This, this, is this, is this for real? So I was like, you know what? Okay, just keep on, keep hold of what, what it was that your doctor said is, you know what? Nothing necessarily to worry about is yet. <clears throat> Go for this ultrasound. So uh, my girlfriend of mine, she brought me. We went. I'm in the place now. I go in. I'm getting the ultrasound done. They do the ultrasound. They do their checks and such. And then she looks over at me and she goes, Do you know why you're here? And I looked at her like, Well, um, I was at the OB's office and they were having a hard time picking up the heartbeat on the Doppler. So they wanted me to go for an ultrasound to make sure everything was okay. And she goes, Yeah, well, I'm not picking up a heartbeat here. And uh, I was just like, oh. She's like, yeah, so that's why they sent you here. They couldn't pick up the heartbeat. And I'm not picking up a heartbeat here. So doesn't look like there's a heart that's beating. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, I, at this point, I have no idea. Like, I still remember it like it was just this morning. Um, because I just remember sitting there thinking like, whoa, I mean, personally, I feel like she could have presented it very differently. She could have worded things. She could have showed a little more um, of a heart, <laughs> as if she had a heart. Um, because then she kind of just wiped up Madeli and came out the room. <clears throat> and I just laid there for a second. And I was just like, what did she just say? And so I went into the washroom and I just broke down. I just started bawling and I was like I don't even know what to do like should I cry right now should I not like is that confirmed then did she confirm um <clears throat> and so I, I came back out and I was like I'm sorry can you can you show me the can I see the screen because even that like she didn't show me anything nothing she went, we went back inside she then whatever puts on the cream the <clears throat> the stuff again start checking at it with the ultrasound and then she shows me and I see the baby is just there still um there's none of the lighting is there's nothing lighting up there's zero movement um the baby is just laying there still and I have seen this child moving very much so in other ultrasounds <clears throat> um and so um, just very still, very, very still. And like I said, nothing lighting up where the heart normally is. And so the lady leaves the room and I break down. I get myself together. I wipe up my face. I wipe off my stomach and I walk outside of the ultrasound place and I get into the car where my girlfriend is waiting. And she said, so is everything okay? And I just started bawling and I was like, they are not finding a heartbeat. So... Is, what like I don't even know what to do 
and so she she comforted me and she was just like i'm so sorry like i don't even know what to say like i'm just i'm in shock and i'm like i don't even know what to say i don't know what to think i don't know what to do like what do i do now that now that i've been told that my child has no heartbeat i'm just like i don't even know what to do so we just started driving and then we're both like well where are we going and i'm like i don't know i don't know what to do i don't know what to think again i i have no idea and then i was like oh let me call the ob so i called her and i said so excuse me the ultrasound technician said she uh she couldn't pick up a heartbeat either and so my doctor said okay and she goes and you haven't been experiencing any cramping or any um discomfort any bleeding spotting anything at all and i said nothing like nothing and just a week ago i had i was feeling off my body was feeling off um and i was i can't even remember what happened but i ended up going to the hospital just to double check because i was a little bit of a you know i was just a little bit nervous so i was like okay fine my body felt a little bit weird and so i went and i went for an ultrasound and the baby like i said was bouncing and the lady was like oh look oh the little one sucking is the little one sucking their fingers um and she's like oh have you started feeling and i said yeah actually i feel little flutters here and there now not like full on movements but i i did start feeling things maybe about two weeks before um and she was like oh man like this you got a very active little one here so just be prepared once you start feeling them fully on you're gonna feel a lot of movements i was like oh boy here we go um and so my doctor's just like okay um okay so i'm not really sure but she's like okay maybe we'll give your we'll give your body um a few days to do its own thing to do what it needs to do then um and miscarry and so i'm like okay sure no problem when i come off the phone and i'm sitting there and i just look at my girlfriend and i'm just like i'm supposed to now walk around with my big belly and my baby knowing that my baby's dead inside of me i'm this is what i'm supposed to do so i'm like i can't i broke down i called her back and i was like no no no, i i cannot do that so she's like okay no problem tessia let me figure out a few things and i'll call you back i said okay no problem fast forward to a few hours later she calls me and she says okay i'm working at the hospital on saturday this i believe was on a thursday she said i am working on saturday why don't you come in to labor and delivery we'll have you set up we will induce your labor and you can deliver the baby if your body has not done its own thing by saturday because originally she was saying come in for your come in for an appointment on tuesday and if on tuesday your body hasn't done its own thing then we will we will book a day for us to start your labor and i in my head i'm just like i cannot there's no way i'm going to be walking around for a whole week with this baby in my stomach i couldn't do it so i said okay fine no problem i set things up so that my boys would be taken care of and they could be um with people for the weekend i go in on saturday now um and i'm there and uh they have it set up they end up inducing my labor um getting things kick-started i only had to get to four centimeters once i got to four centimeters i ended up delivering the baby and the placenta um intact whole 
I delivered. Um, and at this time, mind you, I didn't know what I was having. Um, so they end up opening up the sack. Sorry, the sack, the sack placenta and baby were all delivered intact. And my doctor said this is the best case scenario. Things didn't come out in pieces. They didn't come out separated. Everything came out intact together. Good to go. Ended up um, getting the opportunity. I, I stayed with him. They wrapped him up. They gave him a little hat, a little small, nicely, beautifully knitted white hat um, that I still have. And uh, they put it on. And so uh, something that my doctor also, and this is something that I'm very grateful for because I know a lot of people miscarry or, you know, end up having a stillbirth um, and never really get answers and even after doing an autopsy they don't necessarily get answers and I feel like I got my answer um because what had happened was Levi's umbilical cord got wrapped around his neck four and a half times so that is what happened when my doctor explained this to me I went <gasps> and I felt my heart my chest felt so heavy because I'm like this baby suffocated um in my stomach and she's like I want you to know that this was not suffocation this was a lack of blood supply that then would have been able to be presented to the baby I said whatever way you want to put it in my head it's suffocation um he choked he he was choked by his umbilical cord um, but yes, uh, so, um, although a traumatizing find, also a very relieving find because I feel like I have heard stories from other women, especially since talking up about my experience, there have been other women who have said like they wish that they knew and they literally have sat there every day since their loss and said like, what could I have done differently? they sit there and blame themselves because they really have no answers um i mean there are times where i have literally fought with myself and i've had to talk myself out of a dark place because there are times where i'm just like if you were more in tune with your body if you were more um if you were more happy about the fact that you were carrying this baby if you were more excited you would have known something was wrong that was the biggest thing for me for a very long long time um august 29th 2020 is the day that i delivered my dead son um so that was that was hard um and then you can't express it so anybody who again has experienced that knows very well that that is a traumatizing experience but as i said um i have met some incredible lost moms i have there through me speaking about it recently there have been so many women who have reached out that you would never ever guess that this is something that they had gone through um and i i personally when i was asked to share my experience i hope that this encourages someone even just one one woman to know and understand that you are not alone there are so many of us out there who have experienced some type of loss when it comes to our babies hope that um, me sharing will encourage someone else to share 
um, encourage someone else to understand that they are not alone, um, that there are so many people out there that are waiting for your message, waiting for you to reach out and and let them know what it is that you're going through right now. I am, um, I am still on a healing journey. Like I said, that August 29th, 2020 is when I gave birth to Levi. And I am still on a healing journey. Some days are 1000% better. And some days I can think about Levi and I can think amazing, awesome, beautiful thoughts. And other days it's really dark and really down. And I sit there like, wow, like I, every single day I wish my son was here with me. Every single day I wish that he was with me. But some days it is more of a dark place that it comes from. And other days it's more of a peaceful place that it comes from. So please check in on your people let them know you're thinking of them let them know you're thinking of their baby acknowledge their baby and when you guys get the opportunity next year october 15th please light a candle 7 p.m light a candle in memories of a child that maybe you have lost or in memory of a child that someone else has lost in memory of a pregnancy that has been that has been lost please when you get the opportunity take a candle light it october 15th at 7 p.m light it and have a moment of silence call on the names if you want to take a picture send it to your friend if it's not you personally send it to your friend and let them know that you are with them it literally makes a world of a difference so here is my story leanna and i had talked at length about having more children. We knew that one would never be enough and that we ultimately wanted to grow our family when the time was right. And we'd also talked about, you know, trying in the fall because that's when we felt would, you know, would be the best time, especially as a teacher. Teachers are always trying to time birthing their babies around summer when they can be off, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we did. That's what we thought made the most sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I was definitely surprised when I discovered uh, in June that I was pregnant. I was like, what the heck? I was not expecting it. I guess my first reaction, really, if I'm being honest, was shock. Shock and like, yeah, just confusion because I just we were so confident in what we had um, decided that I was surprised that that had happened. But it didn't take long for us to both be over the moon with excitement and elation because we were going to expand our family and that's ultimately what we wanted. It wasn't the exact timing that we wanted, but it was what we wanted. Um, So, you know, I was excited to share. I knew, I know what the consequences or the, you know, concerns around sharing are. Um, But I've always said that, like, if I was ever, ever to, you know, suffer and any form of loss um, throughout my pregnancy, I would want certain people to know and those people to be able to support me. Um, so that's how I approached sharing. I approached sharing um, by sharing it with people who I knew I would look to for support should I need it. Um, and it was funny. I would I would even sh- I even shared that when I shared when people were like, oh my gosh, you're you're seven weeks or six weeks. Or I'm like, oh my gosh, and you're sharing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sharing because you know what? I, I I'm sure everything will be fine. But in the event that it's not, I would want your support. Um, so yeah, 
we were going through the motions, going through the summer. I was taking pictures and this time I was like, you know what, like I've got more time on my hands now. I'm a little less stressed because it's my second go at it. So I'm like, I'm going to take pictures at five weeks, at six weeks, at seven weeks. And I did that. Um, you know, I went at seven weeks, I went for an ultrasound to, you know, ensure that like, you know, the relation, the, the pregnancy wasn't a topic, that it was viable and all was good. Um, and I'll never forget, I had a friend coming to visit and we were just chatting and we were having such a good time. And I, I felt, I felt something, I felt the feeling that you feel when you're getting your period. And it was very weird because I was like, that's weird. Why am I feeling that feeling? And it's women, like we know, it's a very distinct feeling. And I felt it and I thought, whoa, like, why am I feeling this feeling right now? So I ran to the washroom and then I noticed that there was just very, very light spotting. So I was like, okay, that's not uncommon during pregnancy. Like, I, I don't need to freak out because you know that that can happen. Um, then they left later on that night. I had seen some more spotting and now like, you know, what, what was once like a very light pink became a darker reddish color. Um, and, you know, I just wiped up and thought maybe it's a bit heavier, but it's still probably just spotting. Don't freak out. I mentioned it to Leon who was, you know, in bed waiting for me and he said, you know what, it's probably fine. Let's just wait until tomorrow and see what happens. So before I went to bed, of course, got on my hands and knees and just asked God to cover me and cover my womb and cover this baby. And you know, I really was just convicted in the fact that things would be okay. And I woke up the next morning and laying in bed, I like peeked into my underwear to see if there was anything there. I didn't see anything. And I was like, okay. And then I got up to use the restroom and it was like a rush, a mad rush, a flood of blood pulled into the toilet and I was like oh my god this is this is definitely not spotting this is this is this is this is my worst nightmare this is what I hoped it wouldn't be it's it, it's it's coming to fruition um so I immediately called my mom um and I called Leon sorry I called my Leon first I didn't get him because he was at work and then I called my mom right away and I'm like oh my god oh my god I think this is happening and my mom's like thank god she's off on Friday she's like don't worry I'm coming if you need to get Yara to school, get her to school, and then I'm coming. So I, and then at this point, Leon's now calling me back. I'm, he's calling me. I answer. I'm sobbing. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe it's not what you think. Good old optimistic Leon. You know, he's like, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's, you know, it's um, the just, you know, it's excessive spotting. And it may look like worse than it is, but like it may not be that bad. And he's really trying to maintain a positive attitude. But I just, I felt it in my gut that, you know, that this is what was happening. So dropped yard of school went to the doctor or went to the hospital um and you know I, it's 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 such a sad thing when when people are you know trying to support you and trying to be optimistic but you can see pained looks on you know the sonographer's face and the pained look on the ob's face and you know people leading with like you know i don't know just yet and we don't want to confirm anything but you know i just want you to know that no matter what happens it's not your fault and um, they hit you with all of those, all of those, that, that verbiage that like is supposed to really help. And, you know, eventually really does. You, 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 you start to look for that to kind of help you through. But in the moment, you just feel like, fuck, this is really happening to me. And I don't know why and I don't know how, but I just wish it wasn't happening to me. Um, so anyway, the long and short of it is I did... Um, eventually fully miscarry um and it was hard it was really hard it was a tough weekend 
Um, I remember the following day just getting up and wanting not to be around, like not to be at home. So, you know, Leon and I took Yara to um, Niagara and we spent the whole day there. And it was great. That drive gave us an opportunity both to like cry and be emotional about it and, you know, to share our feelings about it. Um, and that was really important for me as well. It was important for me to share and it was important for Leon to share and for me to hear how he was feeling. Um, and that's what he did. So it was hard. It was definitely hard. But I think the good thing about Leon and I and our marriage is that we just are so grounded in the fact that God sits at the center and he just has such a divine purpose for our lives. Um, so it's not necessarily easier to get through or to work through things like this, but um, we're able to to know that despite how horrific this is, that all things are always working together for our good and something beautiful will eventually come of, you know, this this horrific tragedy. And 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 part of that goodness I think is is sharing is this story, is, is sharing this and hoping that someone who's gone through, going through, may unfortunately um, one day go through something similar knows that it, it can happen to anybody and it's most definitely not your fault um, and that you don't need to carry that guilt or that weight because again um, you know it's just it's simply just not your fault so friends um, there you have it the four stories um, you know three awesome women in including myself. <laughs> um, we're so grateful. We're so in incredibly grateful for the women who were willing to share their stories and who felt, um, who saw it necessary to have these kinds of stories um, available on a platform such as ours. And, you know, I have to, you know, give myself props. I'm definitely proud of myself for mm -hmm. um, coming forward and sharing. Again, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but I just felt so convicted in the fact that it needed to be done. So, Thanks so much to all of you who listened um, thus far. And if you felt connected to this episode in any way, shape, or form, we would love, love, love to hear from you. You can DM us on our Instagram at WTN Podcast. Or if you want to share a story with us, you can also head over to our website at whilethenap.ca and go over to the Contact Us page where you can... Uh, directly send messages to us and we will start the conversation over there um, also you can write rate and review us at apple Podcasts, and let us know how you felt about this episode and with that being said guys nap time is over and we want to thank you again for listening and we'll see you guys on our next episode bye friends bye Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 